The golden rule says you should treat others the way you want to be treated. But an unfortunate truth is that idea doesn't account for the driving power of wanting to prove someone wrong or get even. Media moguls Vince McMahon and Ted Turner turned the 90s cable airwaves into an open war zone of professional wrestling with millions of fans. The global superpowers of the 20th century even threw down to be the first to send a man to the moon just as a flex. There are stories where people crash and burn in perceived mutual hatred, too. Like naturalist Charles Waterton humiliating himself trying to bring down American birding icon James Audubon. But that's the beauty of beef. It's funny, it's dark, it's humanity in a nutshell. And it's a triple gold signal award-winning show from Next Chapter Podcasts. I'm Bridget Todd. Join me as I serve up the juiciest rivalries you've never heard of. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. What else is there to talk about this week other than Lindsay Lohan is a mother? I am so happy for her. And like, I just like want her to be okay. Like, I hope this helps her. I'm sure that it will. I mean, I don't think it's too off base to say that she, given the example that was set for her, she could only go up from yeah, there. Only go up. Yeah, that's very true. Come on. And like, for I have not, I've not seen hide nor hair of anyone else in her, of her family. I think they're like gone, baby gone. Right. Like she's like, get away from me. Right. They're think? just, I mean, I think she has effectively divorced them. I have not seen either of her parents in the longest time. Her dad was dating an inquirer reporter for a while uh, wasn't he what, i mean what a surprise or was that a long time ago who knows and wasn't her mom I'm trying sure. to get on real housewives of new jersey or new york at one point when oh, she was i 
I feel like I remember for like one second, like being like, will Dina Lohan come on one of these shows? Like almost like a legitimate discussion at work being like, is this, would this ever happen? They were such tabloid regulars for such a they long were time. Such it fucking is very whores. unusual. Tabloid right. It's whores. just unusual that they've just really disappeared. Maybe they just It was had them and the Goslins. Remember like Kate and John Goslin? Yeah. Like they, they were four peas in a fucking pod is what they were. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like D- they would just name? be Dina. every day they were in Dina Lohan. Every day they were in on Prez Hilton. Every day. What is Lindsay Lohan's child's name? It's, it's I, I, I mean, do I even bother looking it up? Do you know? I'm going to look Oh, it's, I did right see now. it, but it was like a strange name. Like it wasn't. Right. Like not like Elon Musk's children's strange. No, right? abs- no. Like, Aeon Flux. No, that I yes, call Aeon Flux. Really. No, it wasn't. <laughs> ah, Charlize. <laughs> um, okay. I'm looking it up. It's on I'm people. It it's on people. Welcome your first child. Oh, her husband is cute. I will say he's no Sam Asgari, but he is definitely cute. The baby's name is, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's Luai. L-U-A-I. The actress has given birth to her and husband Bader Shamas's first child, a son named Luai. That is according, of course, to page six, which I'm sure is rarely wrong about things. <laughs> about anything. Paris Hilton also commented, congratulations, love. So happy for you. Welcome to the mommy club. She then put down her phone, looked at her assistant and said, who is this? <laughs> no. She ta- Paris in her book says that she like wishes well for Lindsay. I wonder if they could like reunite because they have both have kids now. That could be that nice. Would be, that would be, I mean, Paris, Lindsay, and Brittany reuniting just to recreate the paparazzi that photo, photo. The best photo ever, yeah. That that would be the pop culture moment of the century. I, I think that needs to happen. So congratulations to Lindsay. I know we tried to fix you a couple of months ago. I can't remember what the pitches were because I smoke a lot of weed, but I will say you're welcome because I'm sure we had something to do with I mean, what would you give? What would you give to just know that there's cameras on her right now? Like, what would you give? I don't, you know, I, I want to set her up for success. And I think that not only should there not yeah, be cameras <laughs> on her, I think she should throw her phone into the sewer. No, the, correct. I think she should you just are be right. left alone. You are right. She should, she should live in a tech-free zone and raise her child that way. You're looking out for her and I'm looking out for us is what's happening. She should actually not give her family her current address is I think yeah. the way to, oh, to ensure uh, that is before be raised. I would have said that before she was even pregnant. That's a rule. The other person that I want to talk about this week is have you have you heard about this Miranda Lambert selfie situation? That she You've I just saw it on Instagram. Yet. I just saw it on Instagram she, that like basically someone was taking a selfie and she yelled at them. She stopped like a concert. concert. She stopped a concert and yelled at the girls in the front row who were taking selfies of themselves, like with Miranda Lambert behind them and like loudly scolded them in front of the entire auditorium where she was performing. And it has divided people specifically, I believe in an argument about it, that Whoopi Goldberg walked off of the view. I can't. Because of this very controversial and important moment. 
in late breaking news, the girl who was taking the selfies in the front row was Gwen Stefani. That's pretty unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am absolutely kidding you. Oh, you know, I thought you were serious. I was about to <laughs> die. It was Gwen Stefani who paid full price for her ticket. I might. Yeah. Not on the guest list. Oh, my God. You're an idiot. I um, mean, what do you think about it? I'm sort I, of. Here's the thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. You were at my show when there were people at that front side table who were talking, I, and I stopped my show to scream at them three times, but they didn't hear me any of those times because they weren't paying attention. I we, was heckling them, and it didn't. We even haven't even we haven't even discussed this ever. Yeah, like I didn't about even bring what? it up the night of about these men. That, that table of show. old men, right? Who were they? I I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I'd like love to say not they were that... fans, but they talked through the entire thing. And so I yelled at them three it, times and they didn't hear me from the stage. They didn't I yelled you. at well, them. Well, they didn't hear but... you at all or each other that were next to each other. And that's why they were yeah. screaming. Well, let me they just were... tell the story. Go ahead. Let me just tell the story. Dominic Go is ahead. on stage. He's talking. He's delivering jokes. He's talking about his youth. He's talking about his father. He's talking about all kinds of funny things. I'm laughing. Oh, we're laughing. Everyone's laughing. There's three men who are... 70 plus years old. They're white haired for sure. Yes. Sitting so close to the stage, like touching the stage. Their table was touching the stage. Yes. They were in the pit as it were. In the they pit were as right you would there. say. Yes. They were, Correct. They were as far stage left as you could get, but their table was touching the stage that I and was they, performing on. And they start having a full blown conversation and start showing each other their phones, like look, like what basically what you just said to me right now of like Miranda Lambert. Like if we were in person, you would show me your phone of like look at this news article where Miranda Lambert yelled at this girl. Like they're right. sh full on showing each other their cell phones and having a at normal level full conversation while you're doing a stand up routine on stage, full blown. And I don't mind and telling you, and I'm not trying to be arrogant about this at all, but. At this particular performance, I was killing it. Like the crowd, every single person in the audience other than this, this fucking cast of grumpy old men stage left was in, was I, they were there. They were with me. We were all in this together. They were yes. laughing and crying and responding the way. And there was this one table that was just it was like they were in a different venue or they didn't realize that they were in a, a performance. At a show. In a, I don't, in a theater. In, was, in public. It was bizarre. I don't, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. So and I three times referred to them. And the third time I was yelling at them into the microphone from the stage. And they were, they were not responding. It was Bizarre until the manager of the cutting room obviously heard this because he was one of the other people in the room who were, everyone was paying attention to me except for these three coots. And so I noticed him kneeling by the table and telling them they needed to bring it down. But then after that, they were, I mean, they were fully enthralled with the rest of the show, which I was like, did the manager just tell them that they were not at a coffee shop. It was bizarre. It was like it the was manager was like, you're at a show. And they were like, we are. 
Who are these? Yeah, who no, are these people? I, honestly, that would explain everything. If that, if you told me that's what happened, that I would say, oh, that makes perfect sense now, because that's how bizarre it was. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. All this to say, your no, no offense, but your show and Miranda Lambert's like stadium tour, I'm sure, are like two very like an intimate show where you're talking about your life and blah 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 is a very different setting from. Miranda Lambert singing her top 40 hits like at God right. knows where. Do you know what I mean? Outside right. at some right. venue I mean, where it's like, who cares how, what? How, the, how many top 40 hits does Miranda Lambert actually have? Though? I don't like, know. I apparently a lot. hit probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, slam, but okay. I mean, um, Gwen Stefani's like, not taking That's what I'm saying. Well, that well that's the other. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like, you need to be worried about like performing, not if three people in the front row are taking a selfie with you, which is what you should want them to be doing. Right. One would think, right. But there's a very divided and heated argument going on, on, on social media about this, that if you're paying several hundred dollars for a ticket, you should be able to take a dump on your chair and throw it at the artist. And then there are other people who are just like, if you're there to see the artist, look at the artist and don't do anything in the audience other than direct your attention to the artist. I'm sort of torn because I, you know, when people take pictures, when I'm performing, I like stop the show and I say, please spell my name right and post it everywhere. Like I don't care yeah, about yeah. people <laughs> taking flash photography or selfies. I, I think it's great. Um, but on the other hand, I do know as a performer what it's like to be, distracted by people in the front row who are behaving as though they're not at an actual show. So it's sort of, but like, I don't know. I don't know how egregious know. their movements were to make Miranda yeah. Lambert stop. And like, let them like, I would take a, if you were on a humongous stage, I'd be taking 95,000 pictures of you. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. The, why, to brag like, that what? you were, to brag that you yeah. were there. I mean, if it's an artist, yes. you, you want people to know you were there. Uh, there's a I video circulating of a woman leaving after Miranda Lambert yelled at these people. Someone who was shooting it caught a woman in front of her going, we're leaving. You don't treat fans like that. And then getting well, yeah, up and leaving of, because Miranda apparently. Lambert yelled at people in the front row. Apparently a bunch of people left the concert because they were like, what the fuck is this? Like, absolutely not. I paid money to come see you and you're going to like be mean to us like this. And guess what? Not for nothing. One, Miranda Lambert, like, all right, like chill. Like, you know what I mean? Like one, like, right. you're not fucking like Miranda. Like, you're, you're fortunate. Yeah, like, someone's taking a photo of you. Let's, yeah, let's stop this. Stop period. period. And mm -hmm. two, singers are getting th things thrown at them every concert. So like, right guess what you shouldn't be doing right now is like reprimanding people while you're standing on a stage and there's 97 lights pointed at you. You know what I would have done if I was one of the people in the front row? I would have sheepishly and phonily apologized to Miranda Lambert. I would have left the venue. I would have gone to a Walmart. I would have bought a Polaroid camera, would have come back before the concert was over. And then I would have just taken polaroid after polaroid of her and taken the polaroids and thrown them at her at the her the yeah concert. yeah why not yeah why not now these pictures are just of you they're not selfies anymore if you just want pictures of you here you go miranda 
Why is Whoopi Goldberg walking off of the view? Because it's that heated. That's insane. She honestly, she probably had to take a dump and didn't even care. She was about like, the I, issue. To, I think yeah, she, she was, was just like, like, I disagree. Where's the toilet? No, she probably doesn't. Give she a just shit. simply no. She just simply walked. She didn't like walk off and like like unrest. She just had to go, so she left. <laughs> she, just, <laughs> exactly. she just simply exited the stage while they were shooting the show. Like, <laughs> I'm Whoopi Goldberg. I'll take a dump on stage at I'll the Oscars do, while I'm hosting. I wear a bed there. sheet every day to this job. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh, Whoopi. I mean, what a hot, I mean, you know what? Anything will divide us today. Can we talk about that? Like this, this stupid, like what a dumb, what a dumb thing for like people to get so heated over. I mean, honestly, the sky is orange. We're breathing disease in our air. <laughs> but Miranda Lambert does not want you taking selfies, motherfucker. And I get if the girls are like being annoying and being like, we're doing like TikTok dances while the fucking, you know, someone's performing on stage. I get that. But like, what is that what they were doing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't know who she, maybe they thought they'd bought tickets to an Adam Lambert concert and they were disappointed. So they were just <laughs> like, fuck it, let's take photos. <laughs> Yeah, let the let the paying audience do what they want as long as they're not actively disrupting your performance. Abs- absolutely. Like their like selfies they are selfies. promoting your next concert, you know? Yeah, and they're, you need they're the gonna, promotion. Yeah. I mean, they're they're doing free advertising for you. The three geezers who were interrupting my show, they were <laughs> not promoting me at all. They were just preventing other people in the audience from enjoying it one of our favorite guests our only thricer rebecca bregman said that if it had gone on for five more seconds she was going to intervene and kill one of the old men as a she was warning she was sitting near them no one knows how to also the other thing is like we've lost all sense of like how to act in public p.s did you see the video of that woman that was like walking off that plane that was like Oh my God. Wasted. And she was like, you guys don't even know, but like, burr, burr, burr. like she was just like on some tangent that would made absolutely no sense. And everything he's other not real. Was like, that what are you talking not about? Real. <laughs> yeah. She didn't appear to be an, an unwell person. Like she was just, she seemed very put together, like not the kind of person that would have that sort of dust up on a plane, but she was, she was bonkers. That yeah, out of her she mind. She was absolutely yeah. bonkers. No, we're like losing our minds, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Speaking well, on of that, that note, yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking, speaking of, of people that have mind, lost their minds, let's get to today's subject and guest. Oh, and by the way, before we get to our subject and our amazing guest, please don't forget about the Clitterally Candles. A link to buy them can be found at the Fixing Famous People Insta page. There are not many left you cannot survive the rest of the summer without having a clitorally candle what are you doing they're selling out and we're very very low on inventory so the last couple are about to get bought up so if you don't have one and you want one you better go get it okay guys hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, let's get to our guest. Okay, you know her from her podcast, Hot Takes and Deep Dives, as well as the brand new Fire Island podcast. You are the narrator. Um, It's Jess Rothschild. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, boys. Wow. Round of applause. You got it. Now, you've interviewed, like, Rosie O'Donnell. Like, you have, like, big-ass people on your podcast. Like you've, you've done the work of like, remember this show from this, like from the nineties, I have every single person on that show on my podcast. Like you are an investigative journalist of pop culture. Can I say that? You can tell us like, like if you're not listening to her podcast, I don't know why it's really is like, Oh, remember this blast from the past? Like I've interviewed every single person that's ever been in in charge of this. Right. (laughs) This is so sweet. I mean, so wait, you're, you're asking me, Okay, so here's the situation. With my show, Hot Takes and Deep Dives, I'm not doing it for my hell. I mean, I'm I'm doing it because I genuinely love these people. These people were genuinely formative to my gay identity when I was in high school and in college. And it's because I have always loved these people, whether that be like a Rosie. You're talking in the realm of like a Rosie, Sandra Bernhard, um, even Judy Gold, a comedian, you know, here in New York City, who I've loved for and been a fan of forever, Isaac Mizrahi. And then I have like more contemporary people, like people from Saturday Night Live, Sherry O'Terry, Rachel Dratch, although we kind of did come up with them too. People who were super formative to our, can I ask what year each of you graduated high school? No. Go on. <laughs> Two thousand nine, <laughs> sure, somewhere around there. Mine also ended with a nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, I graduated high school in the year two thousand. So I'm, okay. I, I'm forty, and so I feel so like I. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like people who graduated high school and or started college in around 2000, 2001, this was the golden age of the real world. Uh, This is right. I mean, housewives didn't exist yet, but this was like when Survivor started. It's for, it's for people like us. Like that's who the audience is. It's for like people like us. Yes. Sure. Like us 40 year olds. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) speaking of things going sideways, also tell us about the Fire Island podcast that you are the narrator of. Okay, well, I'm not. That's hilarious that you're calling me the narrator of it. Wait, I so, thought that's what it was. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I thought that you were the narrator. What do you think it is? I don't know. 
You don't know. Okay. Let me explain. It's That's when you're like the narrator. I'm like, it's not a book I'm reading. No, okay. So <laughs> slam, slam. Okay. Listen. So this pod, so I've never done anything like this. It's called Finding Fire Island. And so basically I'm from New York, lived here my whole life. I actually grew up on Long Island, which is actually irrelevant to anything, but somehow I feel like it ties in. Fire Island. Have either of you been there? Uh, okay. Oh my never. God. No, yes. I've never been. Yes. I've lived out there. I mean, lived like didn't come on the mainland for several summers. Are you serious? I swear to God. Wait, yeah. I, I grew like up a... on Long Island. Yeah. Where? I grew up in Oceanside and then I graduated from high school. And in... if you tell me you're from Oceanside. I went to Oceanside over. High School. I graduated oh from there in 1989. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ, you, I w- oh, then I am like a decade younger than you. A full what decade. You, uh, decade. To, that's crazy that <laughs> the, we went to the, the same The decade high is 12 years. No, I'm 52. I went to Oceanside High School until sophomore year, and then my family moved to Smithtown, and I graduated from Smithtown High School West in 1989. But so what do you I mean was you class of 89. So, but what do you mean you lived out there on Friar Island? I would go out for the summer. I would I would get a house, and I would go there from Memorial Day to Labor Day for which, there were several years. The Pines? Like which? Yes. I love, I initially in the 90s, I went out there with a boyfriend and lived in the Grove, and then I felt like I was hot enough in my 30s to go live in the Pines. Okay, uh, so I probably was at the time. I'm not anymore. I wouldn't. So even, basically, like, this. Okay, Chris, pay attention. The podcast. The, it's a docu series. Like it's a docu podcast yeah. series. So Dominic, oh my god, if I had known this, like you actually like maybe could have even been part of it. I basically every episode is centered on a different theme. So like there's a, the first episode is called Gay Summer Camp and how okay. it's how everything that plays out in the Pines and Anne and Cherry Grove is very reminiscent to like an adult sleepaway camp with sex and sure. drugs. Sure. And then we tell the story of the invasion, the original invasion of the Pines. Um, There's an episode dedicated, you know, one for Cherry Grove, one for the Pines. Anyway, there's tons of all this really rich history, like fascinating history. And so it's filled with people like Dominic, like just regular people who have been there since the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Like I have okay, a 90s. No, let's, not, let's not get crazy. Yeah, yeah I know the you 40s, the 30s. In my 50s. <laughs> the 1920s. Yeah. She literally just literally was like regular people like Dominic who have like, been like there Dominic. since the 1950s. Yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you for coming. Where's Shelly? <laughs> Goodbye. So, so it's folks like Dominic. Who've been there for 100 years. I actually years, do yeah. have I actually have a 90-year-old drag queen. He's still performing. Really? That's crazy. Yes. And then I have Margaret Cho, Joel mm. Booster, and Matt Rogers, who we all know they're comedians, were in part of the Fire Island yes. movie. And so, and also Brian Moylan, the author oh. of the Housewives, Housewives yes. Recapper. Mm-hmm. Friend and of the very, podcast. That's right. He's been friend. a guest here. Yeah. Very entertaining folks. It's filled with characters. And so it's all sound designed. And I basically like string along. Like my stuff is like voiceover. And like, so I could created it. So, you are, the, it so you are the you are the narrator. Yeah, I am the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I believe you're the narrator. you owe Chris all DeRosa is- an apology. All I believe you slammed him earlier. You're the narrator, but but Dominic, so I can't believe. Yes, go on. <laughs> no, no, we're going to talk after this because the, the gayest summer of my life was 
maybe two, God, what fucking year was it? 2008, where I would leave, I lived in the Pines and I would just leave Tuesday morning to do the warm up at Tyra Banks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then come back Thursday night. And I would just like couch surf on those three days. And it was like, my week was with Tyra and my weekends were with everyone on your podcast, basically. I had no idea that I was putting like, you know, creating a friendship when I this is a a monstrous one too. Mm. Yeah, one that I'm very nervous about actually. (laughs) Um, so, So Finding Fire Island, it's out now, right? People can go listen. Yeah, it's out now. Uh, this week, the f- it's it's eight episodes total, and three episodes are out right now. So it's weekly. Right. Listen, if you're into housewives, if you're gay, I think you're gonna. If you're listening to this, I think you'll dig it. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> love that. We're here today to talk. Speaking of gay, speaking of being gay, we're here to talk about Ellen DeGeneres. She's someone that we've had on the list. Degenerous. You know, I like them. Excuse me. Ellen Lee Degenerous. Just so we're clear. Um, We have had her on the list for the entirety of the list being here. No one has bitten yet. And Jess is ready. Why did you pick Ellen? Like, what, like, where do you, like, how do you bring us to Ellen? Tell me what you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? How do you feel? Why did you jump at the chance to fix her when no one else dared because I, there are two specific things that have always bugged me about Ellen that are just personal to me. They feel, that's not stuff that people will write on Twitter. It's not about her being mean or any of that stuff. It's two things that I feel are just, they say, it says a lot about her character and a, something where her moral compass lies. And I think I can bring it to the table and maybe we can explore that. Yeah, absolutely. Proceed. Number one, (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell, queen. Rosie O'Donnell did the Rosie O'Donnell show for six six seasons and quit. Ellen did her show for like 20 years and only left because she was forced out. She never, nothing was ever enough. She's kind of a more, more, more person where, and I, it's not like I'm comparing her to Rosie, but Rosie's really the only template that I have for like a longstanding female talk show host. Sure. And obviously I've listened to hours of Rosie speak and I, I talked to her a lot about this one-on-one and she said that they offered her a hundred million dollars to stay. And she said, no. Like, I've had enough. I've had enough fame. I've had enough money. She's like, I have more money than I will ever use the rest of my life. And I have a lot of children, which costs a lot of money. She's like, it's enough. And for some reason with Ellen, she could never say no to the fame, to the money. And to me, that's a huge turnoff. So that's point number one. Well, and to your point, like even today, I'm pretty sure that like Ellen and Portia move every year because they're flipping houses, like these huge right. mega mansions. Yeah. They're like always flipping or something like that, right? Am I wrong about this? I feel like I read this somewhere. You're right. You're right. And they're it's like, always what's, moving. Like for like for what? Like just for what? Like you, it's you would think that she would want to just go away and be done and just be like, I'm a bajillionaire. Like let me just be a bajillionaire in yeah. silence. But it's like 
is it maybe it's something with the like i can't sit still so now i have to like turn my whole life upside down aka my home but like they're flipping houses like every year i also think it's a tax thing i think that they move Mm. now they're moving every year because the neighbors are complaining because they're vegan and their house probably fucking smells because of it that's why they're moving (laughs) their hoas and their neighbors are like get out and so it gets uncomfortable and they sell yeah your did vegan you, cuisine reeks. Did Leave you ever, there was a there was a very early scandal, maybe like year three or something of her talk show where it was something like she adopted. It was very like Lisa Vanderpumpian with that Lucy Lucy apple juice. It was something like yeah, that. Where how dare, she, first of all, how dare you? But go on. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Vanderpumpian. In that she... Okay, she adopted a pup named Iggy from Pasadena, California-based Mutts and Moms Animal Shelter, but when the dog could not get along with DeGeneres' cats, she gave the dog to her hairdresser's 11 and 12-year-old daughters. Oh, but the, the, the shelter was like, you signed this thing that says you're not going to give this dog away and that you're just going to give it back to us. Like, you're not going to yeah, give you this Yeah, you can't just give... You can't just give... Yeah, yeah, it is, it is very Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy. And what's sick is I remember the minute you just said the name Iggy... It's like I am had it flashed right back. Yeah, it all came right back, flooding. And back. she, w- so when this hit the news, she went on her show and like w- trotted out there, told this story, like sobs. She said, and I quote, today is a hard day for me. Today is bad. I am not capable of coming out and pretending to be funny when things are going so terribly wrong right now. Yeah, going terribly wrong because she brought the room down and she's not even here. Thanks, Ellen. Yeah, no, but like going going wrong because you fucked up. Like not because like something bad happened. Right, like because you got caught. Yeah, yeah. Like not like because oh, I did a bad thing. Like do you know what I mean? Like it's bad because you got caught doing this. So I want to bring that into the conversation, and then we're leading up to my final thing, which is which is, and I think her being. I could see Ellen feeling a sense of responsibility being the highest profile gay woman on television during those 20 years to maybe feeling like she needed to stay on television all that time. Though you're, I you're, know, helping, you're helping me segue into my, my real issue. I, I, okay, I love okay. that. Even though I know there's a slam coming, I'm going to keep yeah. talking about so her. You, <laughs> yeah, sure, it. like we I may think it. that, but this is the thing that really has bothered me since the beginning Mm -hmm. she her show premiered in like 2001 right so it had been on the air right the the l word premiered in 2004 and was on the air for six seasons she never had a single cast member from the l word on as a guest not jennifer beals not no one and Jennifer That's Beals is a household name. Yeah. That's very and that interesting. Bugged me. That was like a never ending source of my contempt for her. Yeah. So, in her defense, I will say that when she came out on TV, I feel like that was a humongous moment where it was like forcing people to have conversations mm-hmm. that like they wouldn't normally have. So, I do feel that like, I feel like a lot of her career was then distancing herself from that. And that's not an excuse or anything, but I feel like that's the thought process there is like, I now need to be like America's sweetheart again and not like 
trigger people. <laughs> Cider, yes. You know what I mean? Right. And so right. I think that that's a huge part of that. Not that that makes it right or I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But I feel like so much of that was like, well, I can't have these people on because then like everyone can just bring up that I was like, had my own show where then I came out and it was this big thing. You know what I mean? I feel like there was so much of her that was like pushing her to not be like a just be Ellen and not be like a gay woman on TV. Do you know what I mean? Well, they they completely she was completely sterile. Although she would she would trot out Portia. It wasn't like oh I'm just like a eunuch. Like she did. Yeah. Have, <laughs> Portia would like be there. Like it was known. I will never take away her importance in gay history, but it wasn't as though she just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. Like that's not how the story happened. I'm going to do the noble. I'm not going to do the noble thing and do this. Yeah. I I do think though, as we're talking about her and we are using the word sterile, which I just love as an adjective because it's, it's just so descriptive and and particularly accurate for her. Yeah. I think maybe it was a self sterilization because you have to remember that before Portia, RIP, we had Anne, Anne Hish, who was literally, <clears throat> excuse literally, me, excuse literally the anti-sterile gay woman or bisexual woman. And she was, I think that she, that Ellen thought Anne Hayes was a wonderful idea. I think Anne thought Ellen was a wonderful idea until Anne just kept being Anne. And Ellen was like, can we just calm down for a minute? And Anne was like, I'm actually going to get Anne Hayesier with this shit. And (laughs) she did. And Ellen was just like, this is, you know, I don't know all the details, but it very much seemed like Ellen was like, this is way too fucking much. Like I did the puppy episode. I didn't get hired for a couple of years. Now I have this talk show. You need to calm the fuck down. Get your hand out of my ass when we're at the White House. You need to stop the nonsense and hash. So that could be a reason why she sort of oprah herself a little bit mm-hmm. um, when, the, when the Ellen DeGeneres show started. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I have read Anne Heche's memoirs, obviously, since you know that I read every... <laughs> I'm in a book club that reads only female memoirs of celebrities. So that is basically <laughs> what happened, where Anne Heche is like, I was on an actual psychotic break and thought that I was a different person. And Ellen was like, I need to go be an A-list celebrity now. Like, I need you to not mm-hmm. like think that you're like going through vortexes you know what i mean and sure, that's i'm saying sure i'm being very cavalier about that but i, I like it, her books were crushing how much mental you know what i mean load sure. she was wrestling with we're a year away out of from Anne hache's death i guess at the time it was very much well what did you expect she was Anne hache but now a year later i feel like respect is being put on the name Anne hache because it's just like well a lot of people could have helped her out a little bit more when the opportunity was there because Anne Heche was, in addition to being very, very underrated um, as an actress and a talent, but she was incredibly troubled. And if you do know anything like about her childhood and her story, it's really quite miraculous that she was able to make it to the age that she did because she she was a troubled, abused, problem plagued person and you know 
I mean, you could see the look on Ellen's face when was it TMZ caught up with her and she was Mm. just like, I haven't seen her in 20 years, but I'm sad when anyone dies. And, you know, I think it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And you know what the reporter wanted to ask and didn't, but they just wanted to say, isn't this kind of your fault a little bit decades out? Isn't it? Don't you bear (laughs) a little bit of responsibility? Like she was sort of like this breakup is, is causing me to have a psychotic break. And you just were like, God, exes, am I right? You know, that was sort of Ellen's reaction at the time. When her like fall started to happen, like people did come out of the woodwork. And a lot of the people that were these like YouTube stars that in these like little record, the one kid that was like supposed to be the next Justin Bieber that Ellen was like, I'm going to manage you came out and was like, she never did anything for me. She likes, I was like signed to her record label. She basically like made me want to have an album. I had to go on this tour. She so never she was, was there. She was like, she was like that character in the other two, the man, the Molly Sh- Shannon's husband in the other yes, two. Yes. Basically. <laughs> like, like basically he was never there, but he like managed me. And like, she, she was like, basically trying to make money off of him being like the next Justin Bieber. And when it didn't happen, then she like left him in the dust. Like he had this whole expose about it whenever she was getting like canceled basically. And so there's yeah, like not just Mariah Carey, but other people have like come out to like, yeah. be like, yeah, like she used me for ratings for this part of the show. And the thing is, when you think about it, like, Remember she had, she's always had like whoever was on like YouTube or like going viral, like versus like, yes, she had Kim Kardashian on the show, but it's like, she had, she had, um, Kristen Bell crying about a sloth on the show. Like the part, the things that we love, you know what I mean? She had those things, but then most of the time towards the end, like it was always like the person that was going viral at that moment that she could then like sink her little claws into. You know what I mean? Right. Remember when she had like Damn Daniel? Remember Damn Daniel, the little yes, kid with the yes. with the shoes? You know what I yep. mean? Like she had him, she had like him on like a million times and like these people that wouldn't wouldn't get this kind of exposure otherwise. I will say this. If I was a celebrity, an actual celebrity, rather than a minor podcast hero, which is what I've become because of fixing famous people and Chris DeRose's attention. I (laughs) do believe I would not do the Ellen DeGeneres show because I swear to you, if I was sitting on that fucking set and someone popped out of that table, I'm not exaggerating. I would have killed Ellen DeGeneres on live television. What is the psychology? What is the psychology of someone who gets off on scaring people? What is that about? And, and I get the, like, you know, what was funny was when she would make her producer go and do the haunted house. Like, that's funny to me, but they know that they're doing it. Like they're, they're consenting to this. You know what I mean? When you're like doing a real interview and then someone jumps out of like what you think is a table, that's terrifying. They also beat the haunted house thing to death because after the third season, they did it. It it just wasn't, it was too well lit. It was, it was a bit after that. It wasn't, it wasn't funny anymore. I was reading here. So before the the formal investigation, there was this viral Twitter thread um, from comedian Kevin T. Porter asking people to just tell me your most insane story, the most insane stories you've heard of Ellen being mean. And they were flooded with like real anecdotes, like a waitress who was told that she was almost fired because she had served Ellen, but she had had chipped nail polish. Like not that there was nail polish on the plate, but just like her nails Mm -hmm. happened to be chipped and she almost got fired. Another person. Oh, is that real? Wait, hold on. Is that real? Like anyone can make that up. 
how are we going to verify these stories? Ellen no, has I know. denied that. I, that specifically, that story, I do think that she denied. I, but that's one that I actually hope is real because I think it's so <laughs> ridiculous. I'm, I'm praying that it happens. The story of like making people chew, people around the office, they have to chew gum. And if they smell, they have to leave, go home and shower. Those are like her people who like staff who worked for her that she there were certain writers who she never met or never spoke to. Like just that she had bizarre rules. A lot of people. I mean, I, I think maybe even I asked Judy Gold. I think I know that Rosie was asked at one point, like, were you surprised? People who have worked with Ellen before, you know, comedians and all of them said they were not surprised. Sure. I love that you brought up Judy Gold twice, by the way, because A, I, I love Judy Gold. B, she is someone who I would call an old school comedian who has, for me, effectively made the, the transition to, I, I look at her Insta clips at, at least twice a week because she's always putting her stuff up there. And three, and Chris, get ready to gag. I actually worked with Judy in uh, 2017, after Hillary Clinton lost the election, um, I I think I co-hosted something with her called the Anti-Inaugural Ball, which took place the day of Donald Trump's (laughs) inauguration. And we appeared on the same bill together. And she and I sang uh, an anti-Trump song together, which was co-written by... Uh, the comedian and actor Eric Kornfeld, uh, the writer, by the way, writer and comic Eric Kornfeld. And it was a couple of days where I got to go to Judy's apartment with Eric. And she is... Work, workshops the song. <laughs> I mean, yes. And wrote it, workshopped <clears throat> it. She is so much the person that you see on you think, stage yeah. that it is, it's, I don't want to say jarring, but it's almost like you you are this droll like it's hard like i'm trying to get as close to her as possible because she's an icon it was difficult it was difficult because she's very much like the day always starts off cloudy with her and it's very (laughs) hard it's what makes her a brilliant comedian but it makes it very hard to be like oh my god i'm a big man she's like oh of course you're gay you know like that's the response yeah And like, so then we hear like that the work environment at the Ellen DeGeneres show is terrible. We then hear that like producer, like the upper echelon producers are like horrible to the staff members. I don't remember there being like a huge amount of like, Ellen did this, this, and this to the staff writers that was like mean. Like it was mainly like the work environment was really toxic and bad. Like that's, that was like, I could be wrong, but I don't remember like someone having chick nail polish and almost getting fired to me is like, I I'm letting that go because it's like hilarious, but also unverifiable if it's just like that could be made up. But like staff writers being like the environment was terrible. We were worked so hard, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember Ellen really being like Ellen screamed at us every day. Well, no, the the thing, the thing that I read was that they they in that when the big expose came out it was that they were basically like yeah every day she would pick a new person to sort of terrorize like scare like scare them or like be prank them and shit like that or like no 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 like be be like a a horrible (laughs) boss too like pop out of a table in their homes and scare them then yeah like be in their shower in the morning (laughs) 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 yeah Um, i 
it's funny because, you know, Rosie and Ellen get mentioned in the same breath often for obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. there are many people who it's, who have bad things to say about Rosie as well. Some of them similar to the bad things that are said about Ellen. And I, I will tell you that having met both of them, I will tell you that like the energy, uh, I, I met Rosie when she was being read by Teresa Caputo when I was the executive producer of Long Island Medium. This is a few years ago. That's how Long Island this bitch is. Jess just passed out. Chris, give her some salts. Uh, and we had Rosie on. She could not have been, she was everything you as a gay person as a comic and as a long islander she was everything that i wanted her to be affectionate physically affectionate really funny nothing awkward she was just a, the, the day we spent with her was so delightful i met ellen when i was a producer several years prior to that on the bachelor the bachelorette and i was there the bachelorette was diana pappas and she was appearing on ellen And I had to just, I was like the bachelorette's body man basically that year. And Ellen was obsessed with the bachelorette, like obsessed with the show, obsessed with this particular bachelorette. And when Deanna introduced me, Ellen's energy changed completely. She held out a very limp hand. She like, when she was talking to Deanna, she was so into it. Deanna and I were very close at the time and said, this is my producer, Dominic. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And it was almost like the smile left her face. And she was like, hi. And just gave me like a, a, just a limp sort of handshake. And then just immediately turned back to Deanna and the sun came out again and she resumed her, her. What do you think it was about? I have no idea really. I mean, it could have been me. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but Thank she also punched that. me right in the face right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. I want to make news, even if it's she a also lie. she, she, yeah, she also right spit right in face. my face. She spit in my face, and then she <laughs> called me a faggot. I was very taken aback. Very. <laughs> she pulled out an unused envelope and gave a paper cut on my actual cornea. This was a sick woman. <laughs> I mean, I so mean, that's my case. That's my that's, case. I, I mean, rest, it's telling. I rest, I rest, it, I rest no. my case. I get it. No, I, it is a it is a compelling case, and it is no, but that is something. It's really and like how many times, Dominic, have we been like the producer with the very famous person, and then they're like, "Here's this, here's my producer," and then the other person that's talking to them that's famous is like, "Oh, like I don't want to talk to like a plebeian." Like, no, we're <laughs> right. talking. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, you're like, a failed actor or comic. Hi, nice to meet you, producer. I'm gonna get back to the yes. famous person. Yeah, get that a lot. Yeah, like how many times has that happened to us by like people that have no business? even doing that to us like mm-hmm. a million more times than I can count. Sure. Oh yeah. Wow, wow. So all of this leads to, I, in my opinion, the most damning thing that's ever happened to her, which is Dakota Johnson comes on her, her show. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> am I wrong? No. Well, this is, this is, although, although I am think, I, am I wrong? <laughs> I think, I do think her trotting out with like today's a bad day, it's not a very good day, and then like crying, that was a an interesting solo performance. But the duo of Dakota Johnson and then having to having Ellen react them react off each other, mm-hmm. that was theater of, you know, that was Chicago like you know, what is that line at the end of Chicago? Like Velma in an, in an act of desperation, <laughs> you know, like it was very bad. <laughs> what is that line in Chicago? 
No, and now Velma and Kelly. Now. Yeah. Velma Kelly in an act of desperation. Uh, that is fucking hilarious. Cause it was, that was like, well, Chris, you must articulate what happened for anyone listening who doesn't know. The brakes are and if off. You of don't the, know, you know what, I mean? what are you doing here? What everyone you know, everyone knows. Dakota Johnson comes on to the Ellen DeGeneres show. It is Christmas time. There are Christmas trees on the set. Um, I think that she's talking about her birthday party. Dakota Johnson is, and she's like, I correct. Think she's like, so you had a birthday party? Like, tell me about it. But it's, before she says that, which like, P.S. Like, not to now try to go after Ellen myself, but like, when you're on a talk show and you're a celebrity, like the people that are the producers of the talk show, like, talk up to you about what they're going to talk about on this show like Dakota Johnson knew that she was coming onto the show to talk about like that was going to be one of the things she would talk about the pre-interview for sure yes and so she was like oh you just had a birthday party like tell me about your birthday party so that Ellen could then make jokes about like things that happened at her birthday party so she says oh you're you had a birthday party I wasn't invited and Dakota Johnson said no, Ellen, you actually, I mean, I don't know why I'm recapping it word for it as if and everyone that's listening to this hasn't seen it, but Dakota Johnson says, no, you were, you said no, like you declined to attend. Well, first then, she says, well, no, Ellen, that's not true. Oh yeah. She that goes, was the first. You know no, she goes, Ellen, you know, that's not true, not true. I think was what she said. And then she's like, no, I didn't get invited. And she's like, someone from your staff declined my invitation. And she was like, Ellen basically tried to play dumb and Dakota Johnson like didn't let up and was like, no, like you didn't want to come to my birthday party. Like, don't act like I you, I didn't invite you. I actually did. And you're a fucking cunt. And you said no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now you want to act like you're the nicest person in the, I mean, I'm paraphrasing all the rest of this, but you want to now act like you're the nicest person in the world and that you like wish that you could be a cool girl, but you're actually the coolest of the cool girls because you wouldn't be caught dead at my birthday party. Right. You bitch. Right. And then and so Ellen was like, I'm very sorry. And then Dakota said, don't worry about it. And Haish was there, you bitch. That was then she smacked Ellen in the face and walked off the set. Am I misremembering this? <laughs> yes, you are. And then so then basically, like once that happened, and I think like I don't even know if it's when it aired, but like once the Ellen drama was happening, like that then resurfaced and people were like, look, Ellen's a mean girl. That that lit the match. Yes. And yeah. it's not even that it's like that bad. It really isn't, in my opinion. It's just kind of like Hollywood people being cunty to each other for like just because why not? But it then became this thing that was like, this is definitive proof that Ellen DeGeneres is a terrible right. person. But and then like everyone piled on. But here's what's interesting about it. And it really is just you saying about it, lighting the match. I, I agree with that as well. That was sort of the very, that was the ignition to a lot of stuff that happened afterwards. But what's super interesting is that Ellen and the producers left it in. They had the option of removing it, but all of these people, the many people who could have just said that has to come out which includes Ellen and I would assume her manager and the many EPs of the show thought that it was funny, didn't think it was damaging and thought it was just okay to leave in the show because no one who worked there thought it was going to hurt her. That's so interesting that, that Ellen wasn't embarrassed by that. Like, Nope. She thought it was okay. 
they and they were like, well, well who's what's going to happen? That you never, when you're about to get fucking wrecked, you never think like, oh, I'm about to mm-hmm. get wrecked. You always think like, no, no one can, like, whatever, right? <laughs> well, I feel like she was always very, you know, part of this, you know, her sterilization was her being very, um, you know, her her image was very important and it also seemed very manicured. So anything that would slip through, it meant that they thought that this was okay. You know what I mean? Like everything from that to her referring to having to shoot uh, the show in her multi-million dollar mansion as being in prison. These were all things that they allowed (laughs) to transpire on television because to them, this was the image they wanted. This was the image she wanted. Now where, like, so where is she now is the question. Like the show's over. She's a bajillionaire. True. I, I could see. I could. She's uh, yeah. flipping homes. She's flipping I homes could, for no reason. I could see. I could see like three years from now. I I predict two three years from now another Netflix stand up special will come no. out similar to how that's a good idea. She, she did that. She did that HBO special after her the the second sitcom she did was canceled. She came out with a stand-up special. I want to say it was called The Beginning, something like that, which was critically acclaimed that did very, very well. And that was eventually, I think she did two stand-up specials, and that was the launching pad for the talk show. So I predict she's going to close out the career with one last Mm stand-up special. And that way- special. That way, that will be her legacy and what people can remember her is, ah, Ellen was a great stand-up. Well- the guest is already fixed that's for a, our pitch. Oh, that's no. a great pitch. Oh, that's that's, that's a great pitch. Shelly, goodbye. Sorry. That's <laughs> a great pitch. Um, on that note, should we just go to the pitches? Why not? All right. Well, it's now the part of the show where we have to do our pitches. Um, Jess, we are both going to pitch what we think Ellen should do. You are then going to decide which one of us you think has the better idea and what okay. pitch Ellen should take. I always go first, so here's what I'm going to say. Ellen Ellen had a show that was on, I believe, at the time, HBO Max, that was like a furniture design competition show when they wanted to really try to make like the next competition show hit. And they basically, like all these shows that were coming out on the heels of the success of The Great British Bake Off. Um, where they were then like, let's make shows where people are like designing things and it's nice and fun. And it was like Ellen presents colon, like the furniture make like design off or something like that. That's not what it was called, but something like that. But it was like Ellen presents. And then the host was not even Ellen. It was the guy, if I remember this correctly, the guy that was like the FBI agent that was in the love triangle with Carrie Washington in Scandal. Like why he was the host of it. I have no idea oh why. <laughs> But he was, I'm pretty sure. I could be remembering this wrong, but I and I did zero research, but I think that's what it was. She has the money and power to be an executive producer and just like make things happen. What she needs to do is create a new production company and might not, maybe not even tell anyone that she's started this new production company and start making TV shows that we all love, whether that be, again, a a furniture design competition show, um, a reality show, 
Like, start making TV shows and don't be shut the fuck up about it. Don't be like, it's Ellen. Look, I'm Ellen doing this. Just make good quality TV under this new, like, shell company of like a production company that we don't know is hers right away. And it, it's not called Degenerous Productions. You know what I mean? It's called something else. And like, five years from now, after you have like, six hits under your belt be like this is my production company and i've been making these like really good shows that you guys all love and i've been throwing millions of dollars at it because i have it and then when it's like you've now won us over because our favorite tv shows were made by you and we don't even know it and now we have a crisis within ourselves to not like you but now we have to like you because you're responsible mm-hmm. for all the things that we like you and Portia do a reality show where you're flipping your house every year. I knew it was And coming. every single season, every single season is a new house because every year you move. Now she might not want to do this because I personally think it's a tax thing that she does this for is that she's always moving and she's always doing renovations. So she can always claim a loss on her real estate or something like that. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Do I, does it make sense <laughs> to me? Yes. Is it, is it, is it like tax, is it structurally sound? I have no idea, but like every season is a new house that Portia and Ellen move into and flip and mm. Portia's just like, why am I doing this? And Ellen's like with a power drill and then is like yelling at workers. Wow. And wow. You, she creates a TV empire and then she's also a star of a show. And that is my pitch. Wow. Okay. So Jess, what usually happens now is that I invalidate Chris's <laughs> pitch point by point. But this week, I'm not going to do that because not only do I love Chris's pitch, but when I was thinking this morning about what to do with her, I I too thought about some real estate um, related reality show, but I was so certain that Chris was going to do it that I felt like I was betraying him by even suggesting that that would be my pitch as well. I feel like knowing him that that pitch belongs to him because he believes in it more than I would have. And the way you sold it was chef's kiss. Like I almost Wait, don't want a pitch because I love your pitch so much to be honest, but Ellen, Ellen Lee DeGeneres, my pitch. What what are we doing here, people? When we're going to fix someone, what do we want to do? We want to make them respectable. We want to make them relevant. We want to make them loved. And so I see no alternative other than Ellen DeGeneres has to start fucking Pete Davidson. I don't know what <laughs> other solution there would be to roll her back into our lives on a daily basis. No, that is not, I hate you so that much. is not my, that's not my actual, I have an actual pitch. I think that we have seen enough of Ellen's personality. She started out as a comic slash actor. Was she a particularly great actor? Not, not, not Meryl Streep level, but she was convincing enough that a lot of her comedy and acting work is what eventually got her the Ellen show. I mean, she, she had the other show. What was it? These, these friends of mine was on for a couple, whatever Ellen had morphed from. Um, And she was funny, you know, they had pitched her as sort of like a new Lucille ball and she wasn't untalented. She was, she was pretty good at that. I think that she needs to, She's now 65 years old. 
And I think there's room for a person who's going to get all of the elderly queer woman roles. And I think it's time for her to become some sort of dowager countess of the lesbian supporting role heroine, an American Mm. Judy Dench, if you will. I I bet she's got dramatic chops. (laughs) I bet she's got some dramatic chops in there, but I've, I'm done hearing about Ellen's personal life. And I don't know that there's, it would feel like she'd have to excuse her entire personal life away as part of like how to fix her in that way. So fuck it. Like if people think you're a nut, then just stay a nut, but show us how talented you were because that's what started this whole thing in the first place and just start acting comedy, drama, whatever she wants. But you know, I would love, this is not part of my pitch, but one final stand up special I think would be absolutely wonderful. But beyond yeah, that, Jess, I don't want that to be part of my pitch, but she should just be a senior gay actress. Like, why not? Who who are the, you know, I don't know, Cherry Jones, Allison Janney, who are getting all of the gay leaning female? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, roles you're there. This is very. You know, this speaking of structurally sound, this is one of those. It's pictures. funny you say <laughs> that. It's funny you say that because not only have Rosie and Ellen been compared their entire careers, I'm now about to compare them in their after careers, in the afterlife, because Rosie too has leaned back into acting. Right. Like li- Rosie was on uh, the reboot of The L Word. Rosie was on The Fosters. Rosie was on this and that. She mm-hmm. played a cop on some other show. A League um, of Their Own. Oh my God. Oh, that's right. The new yeah, one. She that's was right. Like, she was in the singular. Can I say it's a crime that a League of Their Own was not nominated for an Emmy? Darcy Carden should have been nominated for an Emmy. I, and like, I thought it was so right- good. I thought it was so. And the fact that they aren't bringing it back, I thought it was beautifully done. It was the perfect show. It was beautiful. Stakes, do I announce drama? Do I, do I announce my my winner of who I'm choosing. For okay. But I have something to say before that. Oh, uh, Dominic. Okay. Here he goes. Beautiful here pitch. He goes. There's going to be <laughs> Dominic here. No, 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 no. Dominic, beautiful pitch. What I thought you were going to say, and you, this is a very Dominic pitch of like being like, okay, you're going to go to scripted. Cause that is what you usually do. When I do my reality show bullshit, you do like, you should be an actor. <laughs> um, but what, when you were saying, when you were about to pitch and tell me what you were, what you wanted her to do, a strike, like just truly a lightning bolt went came through my mind that thought that you were going to say that Ellen should become the new Judge Judy. <gasps> how good of a pitch. That's not my pitch. It can't be my pitch. I know oh, it's after I'm doing it, it after be. the thing. But how great of a pitch one. would that have been if Ellen became Judge Ju- was a Judge Judy-esque show? We'd all watch it. And she yelled at people. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my runner-up really idea. My runner-up. That that's brilliant. My runner-up pitch was actually to for her and Rosie to do, a, but I've already made this pitch for Tyra and uh, Naomi, Tyra so and I didn't Naomi want to repeat Campbell. the pitch. I mean, I would want Rosie and Ellen to tour in any like in the Odd Couple on Golden Pond, Love Letters, do it all, like do an international yeah. tour. But they they'd kill each other. They really would. What a missed opportunity, by the way, like the Rose and it's Ellen's fault, but what a missed opportunity that close gay female friendship amongst the two of them, what what it would have been to, to sort of witness in the vein of Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper. They could have, they could have been that they could have been a sitcom or a sitcom of the two of them as like, like 
one is a late in life lesbian and one is not, and they like are neighbors and they're friends. Wait, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, okay, would watch no, literally the sh- literally the show that you just described, like an elderly, like an like older older lesbians like doing the thing. I swear to God, Judy Gold and Sandra Bernhard pitched that show. They wrote the pilot. I think I don't think they filmed anything, but they it wasn't bought by any mm. any. But like, what if like but, weirdly would love that show? Yeah. You know? yeah, and it was like supposed to be set in Florida. I think I don't. Here's the thing: you were saying like, oh, like the lesbians would love her. We don't want to see her. In I like Ellen behind the scenes in Chris's idea, mm-hmm. and then. I don't know about the whole house flipping thing. I think maybe we end it with a stand-up special. Maybe that's even where she reveals it, that she's been producing all these shows. Mm. That's the big reveal. And it goes to number one in, on Netflix. Yeah, because she's saying, oh, remember that? And that's literally the jokes of being like, the joke is on actually you, the viewer, is yes. that she's- And she's pranked us once again. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That okay. So with your with your help, that's a solid pitch right there. If like, wow. I mean, I think that's in the rules. So Chris is the winner, provided think, he makes the I think necessary I get a point. Jess adjustments. I'm about to do something unprecedented. I know you've oh, heard us, us say that every single episode that we do this. I think that I should get a point five of a point. Because so I got what you're the saying, idea. you and Jess are you're going to be co-winners this week. I think I think it's a co. I think I get a half a point and she gets a half of a point. I think I get a half okay. point. What do you think about that, wow. Dominic? Uh, I'm fine with that. You're going to mess up the Google Doc that we keep this in, but sure, you're going to get a half point. It can just say point five on the end of it. Who has won? Who has won the most? Who is who has Chris? Chris has won the most. Okay, I'm a couple um, ahead of him. It's like nine, we've done like 22 episodes and it's like nine to seven. And then there's a bunch of like ties or one time we couldn't stop talking. So there was no guest. And so there was no winner. There was just a couple of things. (laughs) It's it's not, it's not, it's not a fast and true situation. Like there's, it's kind of like a fly by seat of our pants, but I think, I think I get a 0.5 for this. I don't think I did. Cause that, cause you are right at what it should be is that she reveals it in a standup special. And it's like, Oh, Hey, you know how much you guys all fucking hate me. Guess what? You know, that show, like loving people in jail for the 17th time, et cetera. Like mm-hmm. that's my show. The one that just won every Emmy that's ever been nominated for, a, a sh- you know, like that's actually because of me. Cause I greenlit that show with my own money. I love that. Like that's a joke. If I've ever heard one, that's a bomb being dropped, you know? I love it. Well, wow. since you rejected my idea, you've leave me no choice, but to play all of the elderly lesbian roles myself. <laughs> For the next what's, 30 what's years. changing? What's changing? <laughs> I was going to, I've been writing them for myself for quite some time. Anyway, <laughs> you have the wardrobe. Who do we get for this? Jenny or pupa? Oh, I certainly do have the wardrobe. <laughs> that, is, that is not a joke. 
Jess, oh, it Lord, has been, no. I, I, I mean, we were destined to meet, obviously, and it has been such I a cannot, pleasure having you on. I cannot smash the follow button fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> <Ditto>. <laughs> After this. <laughs> well, yeah, I've just literally created a friendship, clitorally, excuse me, clitorally created mm. a friendship that will never end now that you two Very went to the same high school. I hope not. I, that is unbelievable. We, we <laughs> a generation like apart, but yes, the same, yeah, the same school we, for sure. We have about 17 separate sidebars between the three of us to have. So yes. <laughs> we have a lot um, of things to sort out. I smell Jess, another where, group chat coming along. Good yes. Lord. Here we go. My phone's going <laughs> to run Jess, out of battery. Jess, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me, JessXNYC, on Instagram and check out Hot Takes and Deep Dives and Finding Fire Island, which unfortunately it should have been Dominic's, Dominic's tour de force, but <laughs> he was overlooked once again. Season There's two. always bonus episodes, right? Can't That's you come true. up with a bonus episode with Dominic? I am doing a bonus. I am doing a bonus. That's true. Okay, good. Dominic, where can people find you? Uh, my website is dominterry.com, where you'll get linked to all my socials at Dominic Pupa. And Chris, where can we find you? You can find me at the Chris Rosa. You can find the show at Fixing Famous People. Please rate and review the show and let us know in the review who you want us to fix next. And as always, where's Shelly? Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.